We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Abner is also a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mars, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who make him a boxer and the man he is. The two parts I'm most excited about are Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champ and also the sports, music, culture, and family life he gets into. Like myself, one young daughter, obviously him with his two daughters um it's going to be an interesting listen i'm really looking forward to hearing along listen to on the hook with abner mars wherever you get your podcast episodes in english out on tuesdays episodes in spanish out on wednesdays mahomes has the time delivers perfectly downfield touchdown patrick mahomes with a rope this one this time going deep for beckham jr Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and once again joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz and uh, my co-host here on the Overtime Pod. Sean, we're, uh, well, we're not completely finished this week's NFL action, uh, and we're not completely looking ahead to next week, but we're kind of in a combination of both as we actually are recording this on Tuesday, and we have Tuesday Night Football this week uh, for for I would imagine the first time since we've ever been doing this podcast uh, anyway but um how's things and and how did how did your week go this week I know we have a couple of teams where we have those running together for overtime and uh they're they're, they're starting to lock up pretty good but one of them we have a, a chance on on Thursday night football but we kind of need uh Zach Moss to uh, to go to go and get all the points which I'm not expecting to happen this week but uh pretty good week overall for myself uh, how do things shake out for you yeah like you mentioned it's interesting going into tuesday still not really knowing the outcome of some of these games we're lucky enough to to get to five and zero in a couple of the different main events there it's it's always very exciting to be undefeated uh, this deep into the season uh 
you know, really halfway through almost in terms of the regular season for the FFPC. That's the case in a number of other formats as well. I definitely have lots of leagues going to 13. So if you are not in uh, first place, not really in the driver's seat right now, you do have time to come back. You, you want to keep fighting it. Hopefully that fight will start tonight for some of the players obviously have digs going in a, a lot of leagues, a couple of leagues, even where AJ Brown has a chance to show us what he can do he should be a a target hog this evening assuming everything goes well in that game between the titans and bills should be a lot of fun could have a lot more points uh, that still get out there It, it was a fun week this week we saw the chiefs are going to get a battle from some of their afc west foes a situation there where if you're watching the game uh from a biased kansas city oriented perspective I think there's a little bit of frustration that uh, you know a couple of the big plays were called back, sort of a, a phantom penalty on the first long touchdown, and then you get the non-call on the second long bomb there. So that game could have been different, but if you are a Las Vegas Raiders fan or an owner of some of those guys, it's been exciting to see Derek Carr emerge. Henry Lug- Ruggs looks like he's going to be, uh, if not a star, at least someone who adds a lot of da- dynamism uh, to that roster, gives them the ability to stretch the field. He's one of those bigger speedsters, and uh, you know what he's been able to do on just a handful of plays so far this season. And then that kind of leads us into Josh Jacobs and what his opportunity might be in a dynamic offense we saw them deliver him to the goal line a couple of times there we had talked about josh jacobs after week one that was our clip for that week and and we mentioned that he was about to go into a more difficult part of the schedule his numbers would be down we were right on that and now he has the big game again in week five it'll be interesting to see how this offense develops you know how the roles shake out he was still out on a number of plays or maybe you would have expected him to be in the game, still maybe has some issues with the receiving. So today we're going to talk a little bit about Dynasty rankings. It was fun to do the show last week. We had some people reach out and express how much they enjoyed that. So Colin, we're going to get into some more Dynasty today, some more trade-oriented discussion, and specifically look at an exercise I did for the site yesterday where I drafted the 2019 and 2020 rookie classes against each other. This is a lot of fun since these classes both have a lot of exciting players at this point. Yeah, they're very, very exciting. And we're going to a sneak peek for uh, Thursday's podcast. We're going to have another clip coming in this one from Pat Corain. And we're going to be looking a little bit at this rookie wide receiver class. So we are going to mention one of those rookies today. And I think it's with good reason based on how he's performed uh, so far this season and as cd lamb he was one of the guys coming in very very high in this uh you know the, this kind of topic that you covered and when, when we look at it like lamb has just looked tremendous i mentioned last week on the show uh that he i actually have him on a couple of taxi squads and you know every week i'm thinking oh well he's probably not going to keep going this week so i might you know i'm trying to save some roster spots but it's just got to the point now where uh, heading into last week and i'm really glad i did but i had to get him into the starting lineup and uh it obviously it obviously paid paid off so the cowboys offense has looked extremely good now obviously we have to round that off with the the sad news of the the injury to dak prescott who had started the season tremendously and obviously it was very sad scenes with the injury this past week and it was just it was really strange as well when you know i was watching the game with uh my wife was sitting beside me she has no interest in the nfl but when alex smith came back onto the field for the washington football team earlier in the day there's not much stuff that i tell her about the nfl that she actually has much interest in but in 
I had told her about the documentary I watched and showed her pictures of Alex Smith's leg and things like that. And for him to come back was just so amazing. Now, hopefully there's no complications at all with, with Dak's injury, but it's just to see that happen on the same day, it was kind of, it was eerie. Um, and, and hopefully we'll see him back and, and better than ever, you know, maybe, maybe at the start of next season. But this offense, like we've seen it with Andy Dalton in the past, he's been able to, you know, when the players around him are good, he's been able to sustain you know fantasy production for them he struggles to bring players up to a higher level but when players are at that higher level he tends to be able to uh, make things work so cd lamb obviously a knockdown at the quarterback position moving forward but if we're looking at dynasty in particular uh, he has just started this season as good as anyone could have hoped obviously he was one of the the top tier prospects in this class uh, between him and and judy um, but lamb like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago as well when we were talking about where some of these players were going in those drafts you know fall into you know maybe the the fifth sixth seventh spot in those drafts uh just the value on those picks of, of picking him up and like we talked about it all off season sean just trying to scoop up these players where where they might fall like that so as i mentioned in the leagues where he wasn't even going to be in those maybe top five wide receivers where I'm, I'm stashing them on the taxi squad i just you couldn't pass it up but he just looks so so good the other player that you have in this list and this was quite close quite close for me if i was trying to say which one to take and i actually got a few uh dms over the last week or so and dk metcalf kept popping up as a popular topic as to if he was somebody to try and move on or to try and target but i think with metcalf what we're seeing is he is somebody who he can just continuously make those big plays and in this offense he's probably not going to have the most targets but just with what he can do we kind of see it you know you mentioned about the touchdown that was taken back for the Chiefs Tyreek Hill got this this past week but he's one of those sort of players who when he makes those plays they are so big that they just pay off at, at such a at such a measure and, and really can win you weeks so he doesn't need to have a huge amount of targets but with the way Russell Wilson can throw the ball deep and the way that he can beat people uh, in a foot race at any single second in the game uh, I I would find that these are two and three could be flipped for me to to the opposite direction but how did you decide to go with dk as number three and cd at, at number two yeah so we start off the rankings here with kyler murray number one this is super flex rankings as the format that really is being adopted as the default now i don't think too much argue about murray there with what he is doing and then at two and three cd lamb dk metcalf as you mentioned the interesting thing with Lamb, he obviously wasn't the first guy going even in 2020 drafts. He wasn't even always the first wide receiver, although usually the first receiver off the board there. The big concern or the two kind of things going into his fit, right? You mentioned that you have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup there makes that more difficult to find the total volume. And then, you know, you have this emphasis on the running back position, which perhaps has been a little bit misplaced. We've played uh, Peter Overzet's uh, bull prediction slash rant a couple of times on the show <laughs> talking about how people are making a big mistake in terms of how they're doing these rookie drafts here. And so to have Liam and to have Metcalf elevate to two and three shows how much they have really moved since their respective drafts here. With Liam, someone who came in, I think, as the clear-cut top prospect there, he was easily number one in adjusted production index, which is Travis May's look at a variety of important and predictive production factors in college. Then, obviously, he started out absolutely on fire. One of the cool things you can do if you go in, you look at the Rotoviz 
NFL Stat Explorer. You can see the pass location on all of these different players. Look at the receptions, targets, yards, see how they are doing compared to other NFL wide receivers. The numbers that jump out for Lamb here, uh, he's caught all eight of his passes to the deep middle he's also caught both of the ones to the right so he actually caught 10 out of 11 passes that have traveled more than 15 yards in the air we would look at that and say that's not sustainable on the other hand i think we also want to remember about the quality of targets right and you touched on it there when you have that prescott when you have those other two players who are also grabbing defenders uh broadening the field when lamb is being targeted in these games he's open right both because of his own abilities and because of what the offense does challenging the defense here if prescott is choosing to throw it to lamb as opposed to cooper as opposed to gallup then so many of these are slam dunk types of plays and that's how we get these reception numbers to where lamb is so incredibly efficient can that still happen with andy dalton again you mentioned you know aj green performed very well through stretches with him we've seen players like tyler boyd do okay also and so while this offense is going to drop down i think that we have to worry in the short term that maybe the efficiency can't be quite to that same level as you mentioned a little bit longer term and even right now if you still need a player i mean i've been making that same kind of decision on lamb because he's on my taxi squad in the kitchen sink four league if i promote him then i lose a potential contract year there so it's that real balance between you know trying to make sure you have enough guys to win now and and going for a little bit later he's one of those people that you know you you hold out as long as you can and then you eventually break down and you know you wonder why you just didn't do it weeks ago because you forfeited that that value uh in the meantime but metcalf lots of fun things with him he was jack miller's my guy for 2020 if he was your guy for the season you're doing very very well averaging over 20 points per game right now he really is the heir to julio jones we saw that in his freak score numbers everybody knows about the size and athleticism a little bit of question about you know route running especially when you put that in the context of very poor agility numbers the real difference between him and julio but the way that the seahawks are using him is absolutely perfect for what he does well right and we know that people in this Russell Wilson passing attack you know if you're heavily targeted you're also going to have those crazy efficiency numbers because Russell Wilson elevates all of the wide receivers that he works with here and we're seeing this again Metcalf is only 14th in target share right but he's second behind Hopkins in yards efficiency numbers again off the chart and so I like Liam he's the better prospect he's almost certainly the better overall talent long term it looks like he's going to be linked with a similar caliber quarterback there in Metcalf but over the next several weeks maybe the rest of 2020 I think you'd look at DK Metcalf and he combines really the physical ability and upside of Julio Jones now in this offense where you have a quarterback who's going to be a clear MVP candidate you know this may be Russell Wilson's year where he does what Patrick Mahomes said a couple years ago what Lamar Jackson did last year but but Lamar Jackson with this passing ability that throughout his career has been so fantastic this may be the one year that jumps out like Aaron Rodgers had that one year where he seemed like not just a great player but one of the greatest players of all time so putting Metcalf in that context I think gives him that opportunity to rise all the way up here so now really what we're looking at is Lamb and Metcalf as the number one players in their respective drafts 
once we remove the quarterbacks. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and then there are no long-term contracts. Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners to our podcast a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with our free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now. It is Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. So, Sean, when we start to move further into the list, and uh, we're obviously quite a, quite a detailed list here with lots of different names in it. We're not going to go through every name. We want to leave some of it for the listeners to, to head on over out uh, and check it on the site. But I'm going to go through a few names here, um, and we you, you can kind of stop me where you want. But there's one that I'm going to, before we get into that, hit you on straight away and obviously we've talked about the two wide receivers off the bat and the next one on the list is at number five and it's aj brown with aj brown do you think like if we're doing this at the start of the season he's probably in that second spot if we're doing it now he's at fifth do you think it's his drop is mainly due to his injury or do you think that like do you think that if we do this in eight weeks time that he could be he could be right in there with those other two wide receivers again do you think it's just that we've we've kind of he slipped out of her mind a little bit with that injury i would say no simply because the volume and the efficiency of those offenses has been such that i think it's going to be difficult for players who aren't in that style of offense to stay with it however we have seen the titans also improve in terms of passing volume ryan Tannehill only averaged 13 passing expected points a game last year those numbers have jumped to 16.7 over the first three games of 2020 he's consolidating his status as a reliable starting qb and i think that removes a lot of the risk from brown's profile you come into the season there's always that little bit of a question about you know is he as good as those big games looked last season but really the questions when you look at what he's always done what you look at what he did last year it's not really about aj brown right i mean brown has been consistently better than dk metcalf both when they were teammates and last season where he was had the 12th best rookie finish in the last 20 years right so what we're looking at with brown is this volume risk and this passer related risk i think there were still questions about ryan Tannehill even after he led them to the afc championship game last year it's always encouraging even if it's again just a small handful of games which it's been when you have that year break you have all the different changes that happen 
Because NFL, even teams that have continuity, right? You come back, it's a new season, and to see someone take that to the next year, then you're not as concerned that, okay, somehow this player was on fire, everything was perfect for him. Once there's a little bit of adversity, that's going to fall back apart. With Ryan Tannehill and, and how his early career went, I think that had to be a concern. These first couple of games for the Titans have been very encouraging. Is that what you're seeing from then? Would you still want A.J. Brown really early? Uh, what I think that's very – I just think that people have very quickly forgotten about the Titans. And I know we like we can have our doubts about Tannehill, but I think with A.J. Brown, you know, started the season with that injury uh, and hasn't really got things going at all. And the team missed out on their game last week and they haven't played yet while they're playing tonight on Tuesday Night Football. So I think that things could turn around very, very quickly there. Um, I think that, like, Tannehill, like, this team, I don't think they'll be as efficient this year with Derrick Henry running the ball. So I think that probably will see an uptick in Tannehill continue to throw the ball throughout the season. I do think that, you know, there is concerns of, how efficient they can be but when you talk about like cd lamb obviously with amari cooper with michael gallup you look then at aj brown like last season we kind of thought there wasn't a huge amount around him but now johnny smith starting to step forward a little bit and then you have Corey davis starting to make some plays again so the offense might become more dynamic as it moves forward with those players stepping forward but again you're you're relying on those other pieces to help uh, open things up for AJ Brown but I just think that his season last year was so good as you mentioned the 12th best rookie finish in the last 20 years so I still would have him very high but I think when you get to the very very high end of those three wide receivers I think that those could be changed depending on personal opinion I guess as well so uh, I think I think we're still in for a, a big season the rest of the way from from AJ Brown uh, the next one up uh, that I want to head on is Justin Jefferson obviously had a, a few very big games um recently and then obviously Jonathan Taylor who are both part of this group so they're back to back at seven and eight uh, what's your what's your thoughts there on uh, Jefferson I know we talked about him a few weeks ago and the listeners of the show will know as well that we've we've talked a, a lot about Taylor and I guess maybe maybe we'll save that Jefferson one actually I'm just thinking now for the the Thursday show <laughs> as a tease uh, so I'll let, I'll let you jump on to Jonathan Taylor we might touch on Jefferson a little bit more on Thursday show it'll fit in better with that uh, your thoughts on your thoughts on Taylor so far Right, so Taylor comes in here at number eight. And again, this is 2019 versus 2020. The week one usage as a receiver was so exciting, had 8.8 receiving expected points. Uh, those numbers took almost the, the next four games to meet that in total. Had a little bit more of a receiving role again in week five, found the end zone, but is not breaking the big plays quite as we might have expected. This Colts offense has been very plodding, right? They've leaned heavily on the running backs, including Jordan Wilkins getting in there for a number of carries, which has led to a, an offense that doesn't have the explosiveness to continually deliver Taylor down to the goal line. So we're not seeing the total number of red zone and inside the five touches that we might want when you remove those touches and when you move these receiving touches then even if you're getting a fairly high volume of carries the ceiling is lower maybe than what we were expecting so i'm disappointed i mentioned in the article that if you can find a disgruntled taylor owner uh, maybe a huge offer allows you to pry him away this week the question that i have now is that where does he fit for you versus Josh Jacobs? I'm going to ask you a couple, about a couple of wide receivers here in a second who fit uh, in between these two guys. But Jacobs is at 12. He was a, a player I had a hard time placing 
because after this Raiders victory over the Chiefs, I am much more excited again about this Raiders offense. I think that Derek Carr is in the process of doing what Tannehill did last year, and he's doing it in an offense that just is simply going to be much more explosive, right? And so when we look at what they can do, how much of that excitement should then go to Jacobs. Now we're both a little bit more skeptical of Jacobs than a lot of people in the fantasy industry. I think a lot of people would just say, yeah, I mean, he should be a a top five guy when you're drafting these classes, even when you consider all of these elite wide receivers, but that receiving profile, uh, much like Taylor, that looked like it was going to be good after week one from week two to week five, 14 targets, right and those targets that just matches the number for Jalen Richard and Devante Booker together in week five they played on a lot of fairly important plays and they out targeted him six to three now I mean we're looking at two different guys and in some ways you say well that might be unfair it's two to one but really I mean you don't want anybody behind the bell cow if you're looking at him as being able to get up into that you know top five picks in a redraft situation right so to have two guys behind him both of whom are playing both of whom are getting some important touches especially these targets i think that continues to be a red flag we saw the three touchdown game in week one and then no touchdowns for three weeks and then the two touchdown game here anytime you have a multi-touchdown game i mean we don't know when the touchdowns are going to come he's got five touchdowns in five games you can't argue with that but when we don't have the touchdowns his ceiling is still a lot lower than it is for a lot of these other top players now is that nitpicking or do you still like taylor ahead of jacobs here i think if you're looking from a dynasty perspective i I definitely like uh taylor over jacobs i think the what we thought in the off seasons probably come true for jacobs i thought this team wouldn't score enough points for him to be fantasy viable but uh they are now starting to score enough points my concern would be like Derek carr had an amazing game this past week in terms of how he played but he was playing against patrick mahomes so my concern with the raiders is always that they're a little bit of a conservative offense and then i think this week they're against a divisional rival who they kind of have to beat if they want to try and win this division and in that situation i think they went for it on plays where they may not go for it on a weekly basis now that might also fit in better for josh jacobs because he's going to have more rushing attempts but you mentioned like how the the touchdowns will come in and kind of stacks like they have here i think that's the way this offense is going to be it could be up and down from week to week um the my biggest concern at the moment with taylor is philip rivers uh, rivers just uh like i was hoping that we'd see more and more receptions going to the running backs but rivers like just looks a shell of what he was even like he rivers was never fast moving out of the pocket moving around the pocket but he has like it's, it's just really really evident at the moment and i thought this colts team was going to be a real threat this year in terms of you know getting into that playoff picture now they might still get in there but I, I have a lot of concerns about how far they can go with rivers and then that leads me to how many about similar to the Raiders how many chances is Taylor going to get inside the 20 in terms of the, the rushing attempts to get in the end zone uh, I think long term Taylor's definitely the out of the two is the, is the one to own like this kind of varies it back into uh, because the question you obviously had as well included Edwards Allaire and I think that when you have him in an offense who we expect to score so many points 
I think it probably still for this season gives him an edge, but like long term, I would still be ranking them Taylor, then Edwards Alaire, and then Jacobs. Um Jacobs has impressed me with what he's done so far this season, but I, I, I still would be going in that particular order. Um but I I do have real concerns about how both those offenses are going to go the rest of the season and after what we've seen from the Raiders this week I have less concerns about them than I do about the Colts at the minute so it's a it's a really difficult uh, call how, how much concern have you like has the Philip Rivers kind of performances over the last couple of weeks have they started to really concern you as to how far that offense can go and then how much that might cap uh, Taylor and I know we're we're both big on Hines as well I think so far Rivers' performances have really affected him as well so lots of concerns there for me with the Colts at the moment right and and I think that there was some justified enthusiasm about what Rivers might bring to this offense in part because he has moved into the portion of his career where he plays a little bit more like Ryan Fitzpatrick and as a fantasy owner you don't care about all of the mistakes that cost teams their reality game in some situations that actually helps you as the fantasy owner you get more garbage time you get more uh, sort of faux shootout types of situations and so the fact that he's not a good reality quarterback doesn't wear on you that much however Philip Rivers was only available to the Colts because he was done right I mean the Chargers had to go in a different direction he was really an anchor on that franchise's development and so the Colts maybe a little bit different part of their trajectory felt like okay well this can be a bridge quarterback for us we have an elite team you know he can do what we need in terms of simply being a replacement level player as opposed to someone who's far below replacement and that doesn't work as well right because if you have a ryan fitzpatrick type of player a Jameis winston type of player in an offense on a team where the team expects to win then you, you have this real conflict between what the player actually does well at this point and what the team needs him to do i mean philip rivers is not a great game manager at this juncture and so this is a a real conflict within the sort of organization and within the weekly game plan this tension between you know his willingness to throw the ball up and see what happens and the fact that they really don't want that and so rivers may not be the guy who can move this team like we thought or hoped simply because it's it's not a good fit for what the colts want to do so i think that there are some real concerns here in terms of where rivers is because you know we saw in 2019 that that he is finished as a quality nfl starting quarterback he could be a real limit to what the colts are trying to do this year as well Uh, obviously anyone who bet on a ty hilton bounce back or re-emergence with a quality qb they found that you know you don't have a quality qb so we're not getting that you mentioned justin jefferson for the show on thursday we are going to talk about him a little bit then but he does fit into a question with a couple of second year players that i wanted to ask you about and i i really like jefferson he's not someone I drafted a lot of this season because I was emphasizing so much that value that we got in the Ayuk and Chenault area. And so, you know, you only have so many picks in any given rookie draft and you're trying to move to where the best value is. But Jefferson, a fantastic value as well by where I have him now. He ranks seventh in this redraft of the two classes together. Over the first five weeks of his rookie season, he has 371 receiving yards, even with the down game in week five. 
The rookies with more receiving yards in their first five games over the last 20 years, you have Anquan Bolden, you have Lamb, you have A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, and Marcus Colston. So a pretty talented group there. Those guys went on to do pretty big things. Jefferson, also someone who kind of slid below the radar, but Larry Andrews wrote this fantastic article about him talking about he really checks all the boxes he was the most well-rounded maybe of the elite wide receiver prospects really hits all of the different types of things that we wanted to see from a receiver coming out from an analytics perspective from a production perspective age adjusted experience adjusted uh, being able to dominate within a team that has some other fantastic players right and we're talking about jefferson being someone who made a big impact despite the fact that his teammate may end up being a top five pick in this upcoming draft and so looking at what he has done there i have him up at number seven he comes into the same group with a couple of other very exciting young talents and that's terry mclaurin at number 10 and marquise brown at number 11 both of those players perhaps have better peripherals than actual results right qb play very much limiting mclaurin from having that dk metcalf type of jump if you switch those two guys in the different teams you know i think we would talk, be talking about mclaurin as perhaps you know the next odell beckham someone to that level i mean he's been that good on the marquise brown side of things he's actually got more targets than mike evans and tyree kill the target depth 16.8 that means that he ranks number five in air yards the concerns about volume in this run first play from ahead Ravens offense, those continue to be more or less unfounded, right? The problem is just the efficiency and the connection hasn't been there. We talked about Lamb catching all of these deep targets, you know, being open, the passes being accurate. Brown has only caught six of his 17 deep targets, and he perhaps jumps out for me. I really had to you know, look at these peripherals and say, okay, my instinctive ranking for him would have been lower than what it needs to be. In part, I think, because Curtis and I needed three points from him on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't until the last drive that he managed to get to that level. Anytime that you have someone that you drafted hoping they were going to emerge as a star, and you've got to wait for basically the final play of the game to get three points, then that sticks in your mind and you have that emotional reaction of, I don't feel like I can trust this guy. You know, you start to put him into that Will Fuller category where you're like, you know, he could get hurt any week and he might not catch any passes. So, you know, you, you have that fear, but when you go back and look at what the situation really is with him, so much of what we felt preseason in terms of the thesis, it's there. We just need to have them actually hook up on some of these potential big plays Colm, I know that you're big on McLaurin. You were uh, pushing for him in our drafts, considering how DJ Chark has simply not uh, stayed healthy and has bizarrely, despite catching essentially all of his targets from Gardner Minshew, has not been targeted that heavily even when he's on the field. Taking McLaurin there would have worked for us better, and yet when you look at where he is with 44% of the team air yards, second in the NFL only to Adam Thielen, you look at his actual results now where he has three of his five games are wide receiver three or worse. There are some problems here as well. 
There definitely is. Um, but I have the problems for me aren't at all with McLaurin. Um, so like if we're talking about long term, um, obviously the quarterback position is a big concern. But I think that uh, like I have no concern. Like if I was going through this list, I think he might be the best wide receiver in terms of I'd probably put it be- between him and Lamb off this list. Who's the actual best receiver that we've talked about so far? But in terms of the the quarterback play that Lamb has got, and the offense that he's playing, and there's a, a huge difference there. I remember talking in the off season, you know, hoping in free agency or in the draft that the the Washington football team might actually go ahead and, and draft a wide receiver and people were thinking oh that might be you know a hindrance to McLaurin but we've talked about it with Lamb we've talked about it with a couple of players here having those other good wide receivers on your offense opens things up for the number one or number two wide receiver to get those opportunities he has had as you mentioned uh, 58% of those games as a wide receiver three or less but in most of those games he has at least hit double digits so he's and you know with points like that it's not going to uh, you know really uh, destroy your team on that weekly basis he has been a wide receiver one and 21 percent of the time a wide receiver two uh on 21 percent of the time too so 42 percent of the time he's like getting you those numbers that you want on a weekly basis uh, i'm hoping that the the breakout is yet to come i definitely still think sean it's a buy low opportunity uh, if you can buy low on terry mclaurin um when we're looking through the list though jefferson was the other one you mentioned he the one thing i'll say is the efficiency that he is showing um you know has been tremendous and hopefully if we can get him to have an increased target share we can see that those results like they probably won't be as efficient but they can become you know sustainable in terms of what he's done so far in the yardage total like he's only had 25 targets on the season uh, he's had 13 receptions for 371 yards you mentioned that list he has at 14 at minimum receptions or sorry targets less than anybody on that list um and you know in terms of the overall production that he's done with those targets and with those receptions uh is, is the best on that list so uh, very very impressive so far from him and then marquise brown is the other one and any listener to the show will know our our love for mark andrews um so my teams tend to be leaning in dynasty much more towards mark andrews than marquise brown but some concerns just over how lamar jackson has performed in some of the games this season i think he's probably still carrying a little bit of an injury um and i think you know you mentioned about the the air yards and the targets i think that will come uh become more consistent as the season progresses so i still think brown will have a, a consistent season but if i'm looking who i want in dynasty um i would be going for mclaurin then jefferson then marquise brown if i'm if i'm looking beyond this season um so would you have a different obviously you're you're going if you're making a dynasty trade today you're going with the order that you had in, in jefferson mclaurin and then brown so pretty pretty similar just changing the guy we have at the top on each on each one of those but i i mentioned i didn't want to go through the whole list i, I wanted to keep some of it for the listeners but the good thing about it is that a lot of the guys that are coming up now in the next kind of seven or eight names on the list are all going to be probably mentioned on thursday's podcast as we talk about the the rookie crop so i would highly recommend anyone listening to the show to head on over and check this article out up on the website and as always as a as a podcast listener you can save yourself 10 percent off a one-year subscription to rotaviz by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast or by entering the code 2020 rv radio at checkout and uh, obviously that'll get you access to get in and to read through all of sean's great work you know we mentioned Curtis a few times in the show we've mentioned blair uh, there's just so many so many good writers up on the site doing so much good work and uh, highly recommend checking all that out and you can save that 10 percent while signing up that's going to do it for today's show as always if you want to 
drop us a review on your favorite podcast app it helps us out a lot here in terms of people finding the show going up different rankings and how those algorithms work so much much appreciated if you could do that it would be great uh, my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland joined as always by sean siegel you can find all sean's great work up on rotaviz.com until we're back with thursday's podcast of course have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.